This is the London Live Podcast. Listen live weekdays from 1 to 3 on 980 CFPL. About a year ago, a little more than a year ago, a very wise doctor stood in London. He actually practices in London right now. His name's Dr. Jim Lewis. And he gave a talk at the men's health breakfast that was held at Brescia University. And he talked about lungs. One of the things that he said was, you should never inhale anything hot into your lungs. That's just not something you should do. It's not what the lungs are for. Very delicate things. And inhaling chemicals? Mm, that wasn't high on his list. And now we've got a year and a bit that have gone by and we're starting to see all of these respiratory problems. This is going to be a very interesting point when we look back at it in history. And we should probably look and shake our heads in 20, 30 years from now. Because we'll look back and say, yeah, you know, when vaping started, yeah, that that was uh, that was a period that was a lot like when smoking started, when people started smoking cigarettes, and they didn't realize anything was wrong. And then very quickly they realized, well, there was a chance something could be wrong, and later on in life there's a better chance that you would you would have cancer, you would die from cancer, you would die because of your smoking habit. We're still piecing together evidence on vaping, and we're going to hear more about that. In fact, Ontario's health minister, Christine Elliott, is going to be on London Live in an hour from now. And we'll talk with Ms. Elliott about what the government has been doing, what they plan to do. I don't think we can look and say, okay, well, vaping is inhale and die, because it's not. We don't know whether these are very isolated cases, but we're getting more and more cases. The idea that you are willing to bring something hot and chemical-filled into your lungs, it blows my mind. It really does. I'm a non-smoker, so maybe I don't understand. Maybe I don't understand what it's like. I'm the guy that believes anybody who is under the age of 30 right now who has started smoking should have their health benefits cut. I don't see any reason why we should help you in any way. If you are under the age of 30, you've had enough information growing up, and I'm being pretty generous at 30. You've had enough information growing up that you should not smoke. You should not be doing that. That's not going to help you. It's not going to save you money. I always laugh when people say, Oh, I have no money. I'd love to take a trip, or I'd love to do this. I don't have any money. And then they pull out a pack of smokes. Are you kidding me? That's a joke. You don't have any money, but you're willing to smoke? Do you know how expensive that habit is? Do you know how much money you would have if you quit smoking? Oh, but I can't. Okay. You're not, obviously not trying. You're, you're, people do it all the time. People quit smoking. Just do it. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah, okay, it is. Your body craves the nicotine that you have introduced. And so, yeah, you're addicted. Stop smoking. And in this case, stop vaping. If somebody handed you something, think about it this way. If somebody handed you something, let's say they handed you a cup and it had bubbling blue liquid in it. Would you immediately say, 
You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drink this back. Here we go. Wow. I'm going to see what this is. I better taste it. Absolutely not. And yet, people have had these e-cigarettes and vapes and jewels, and they've been filled with who the hell knows what. Oh, yeah. Give me that. You go to a high school, and you go to whatever smoking area there is, Oh, man, you got to try this. Oh, you got to try this flavor. Oh, here, hit this. Pussy, you didn't do it. You know, that's the kind of stuff that goes on. It is ridiculous. It's a joke. And if, in fact, we are seeing more and more respiratory illnesses or things that are irreversible and we can trace them back to vape, I don't know what we're going to do in 30 years when we look back and say, Yeah, people just started trying this and it caught on. And the marketing, oh, the marketing. They're marketing to kids. Fruit flavors, bubble gum. So we are going to talk about vaping on the show today. Because again, the health minister will join us. We will have reporters down at the news conference that is being held by Middlesex London Health Unit. And we'll have all of that for you. We'll have any pertinent details. The news conference actually begins at the same time that we are talking with Health Minister Christine Elliott. But we'll play you exactly what you need to know from it in about an hour and ten minutes from now. So we've got a lot of reaction to this because it is a big story. And immediately we're going to hear the argument that, oh, well, you know, look at how many people vape and how many incidents do we have. This is just the first in Canada. This is nothing. I don't know about you, but if somebody passed me that bubbling blue liquid and said, there is one in 36 million chances that if I drink this, I will die or I will have something really bad happen to me, I'd probably pass. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I know we do a lot of things during the course of a day that you could put in that category and say, well, then you wouldn't do this and you wouldn't do this because it's risky. But seriously, you try and avoid certain risks, and in my mind, smoking is dumb. Vaping is dumb. I don't understand why you're doing it. When you have a leading lung expert in the world, we have him here in London. We're lucky enough to have him. And he says, you know, the best thing to do is not inhale anything hot into your lungs. I'd be willing to live by his words and his advice. Be willing to do that. Right now, we get an opportunity to talk about something that certainly has maybe been a concern of parents, something that has been used by smokers to wean themselves off cigarettes, and something now that is raising some real concerns because of illnesses that have been reported that appear to be connected to vaping. And today, we had the Deputy Premier and the Minister of Health, Christine Elliott, releasing a statement regarding the evidence that was coming about in vaping and health consequences. We happen to have right now on London Live, the Deputy Premier and Minister of Health, Christine Elliott. Minister Elliott, thank you so much for taking some time out for us. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to join you, Mike. Let's begin with your statement today. What did you want to convey? I, I'm conveying to uh, the people of Ontario that I'm very concerned 
about the um, the vaping-related serious pulmonary disease that um, uh, has now been identified in Ontario. We have been following what's been going on in the U.S. Uh, with uh, where they've uh, experienced hundreds of cases. So we have been working with our medical experts to understand what the situation is in Ontario. Today, I issued an order under the Health Protection and Promotion Act, which will uh, require all public hospitals to provide our Chief Medical Officer of Health with statistical information, not personal information, but statistical information relating to the incidences of of this pulmonary disease. And um, we want to make sure that we understand the scope of the problem in Ontario as we um, are are working to develop solutions. Will this be kind of one of those until further notice things, or is this a study that will take place over a matter of months? This is something that's going to happen immediately, that as of today, hospitals will be required to provide us with information. And uh, I understand that there is, um, Dr. Mackey is making an announcement with respect to one incident that has happened in the London area. The problem is that we uh, don't uh, require hospitals to provide us with this statistical information on a regular basis. And uh, that is the reason for the order that I've made today, so that we can get all of the information across the province to understand what's happening, what are the uh, what are the causes, and of course, more importantly, what are the solutions. The Deputy Premier and Minister of Health, Christine Elliott, joining us. Christine, one of the things that we've already had expressed to us is the idea that vaping's been around for a little while and that there hasn't really been a look through a window at it like this before. Is there any reason why it wasn't being looked at before now? Well, we have been looking at it for some time um, more intensively as a result of the information we've been receiving from the United States. And we, uh, we've been working with our, our medical um, experts to understand the concerns with respect to this uh, pulmonary um, issue to, to understand some people suggest that it's because of sort of off the street products that are being sold that may have particles of oils or other substances that are getting into people's lungs, but we don't know any of that for sure. That's why we need to um, do the study and do it quickly because there is some urgency related to it, um, that we need to understand what the problem is, and then we will um, figure out the uh, solutions from there that are actually going to make a difference in young people's lives. And you mentioned young people. A lot of the targeting in terms of the information that you're getting, is it for absolutely any age, or are you looking to garner more information about young people? A lot of it is uh, related more to young people, and um, I know that there's some uh, jurisdictions that have banned flavors or that appeal to younger people than bubble gum and cotton candy and you know sort of sweet issues. But we need to we that, again that's just anecdotal. We need to understand um, what is causing these concerns, and I know that there are many parents that are very concerned. I've had one parent tell me that her uh, 14-year-old daughter got started vaping and it now has to be on a nicotine patch because she's addicted. Yeah, and so when you hear that's that, that's, a, that's I don't... frightening to a parent, and I certainly understand that. Yeah, that that that's beyond 
frightening. And here's here's something. I mean, we have vape shops. We have physical stores that sell vape in this province. We have marketing that really does seem to be targeted toward young people. Is that something that needs to change, in your opinion? I mean, do we need to look at this and say, no, 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 no this, this never should have happened in the first place? Well, once we've identified the the cause and the, and the proliferation, then we will look at anything that is going to um, help young people um, not get started in the first place. Hopefully, but uh, but but to make sure that they can receive the the help that they need. And so it's hypothetical right now because we don't have that information. That's why today's order is really important, so that it can provide. Um, provide me, but more importantly, provide our medical experts uh, with the information they need in order to fully assess the situation and, and give us their recommendations. Deputy Premier and Minister of Health Christine Elliott with us on London Live. Was there ever discussion about looking into this and, and starting to really gather information like this months ago, even even a year ago? Uh, yes, we have been talking about this for many months because it is something that is increasing rapidly, uh, the uptake in vaping and now seeing these uh, pulmonary illnesses in some situations. This has concerned me for uh, quite a while, and I have been speaking with the ministry officials, and they have put together a panel of experts to study it. So it all uh, predates by by a number of months, what's happened quite recently. So why was it that it took as long as it did to actually you know, have the issue of the order today? Because there were a number of discussions with the medical experts and what came from that, although there's some ideas about what the concerns and problems are, we need to have the actual statistical information, and it did take some time to decide the best way to do it. The best way, and what we are doing, is the issuance of the order in order to to collect that that information and data to be able to make good evidence-based decisions. We don't want to just run off and and um, make a quick change that uh, is not going to really deal with the situation. We want to make sure that any decisions that are made by the government with respect to uh, vaping, especially with young people, are actually going to be helpful to primarily our young people, but really to everyone in the province. What restrictions could you look at? Because let's face it, it's it's not something that a 14-year-old can walk into a store and get right now, yet they get it. Yes. Well, I mean, some jurisdictions have banned the the flavored products. Some jurisdictions have banned vaping completely. Some have banned the ads. So uh, we need to know what the best solution is for Ontario, and that's why we need to collect the information from across the province. Would you consider banning if that information comes back and says, yeah, we're doing damage to not only the lungs of children, but the lungs of anybody who's doing this? Well, we need to make sure that we make the best decisions for the health of the people of this province, and so um, I'm willing to consider whatever is is necessary based on the the statistical information, the actual hard facts of what's happening um, uh, in in communities across the province. We're talking with the Deputy Premier and Minister of Health, Christine Elliott. Ms. Elliott, just uh, a couple of other things, and one being the revenue that comes in. Do we have any idea how much revenue vape shops and, and vaping being introduced has brought in? 
That is not something that I am taking into consideration as part of this. My concern as Minister of Health is what's going to keep the people of the province of Ontario um, safe and healthy, and that's the focus I bring to it. Okay, and any idea on a timeline in terms of when we might have some further action on this? Uh, all I can tell you is I know it's a matter of urgency, so I would say as soon as possible. This isn't going to be something that's going to be sitting and uh, on the shelf or we're going to be talking about um, months and months from now. I know that people want um, action taken, and so we are working with this as a priority item. All of us, our, our, our medical officers of health, our medical experts that we're speaking with, the people in the ministry, the people in my office, we know that this is really important to, um, to many people who are concerned about their, um, about their children. Minister Elliott, thanks for the time today. My pleasure. Thank you. That is Deputy Premier of Ontario, Minister of Health, Christine Elliott. So basically they, they're taking the let's wait and see. And the one thing we asked was, well, how long has this, this wait been going on? How it's, it's sounding like the wheels of government move slowly again. And now we're going to get some information on this. And then, and then what? And then, you know, as, as Ms. Elliott says, they'll do what it is that they deem necessary for people in this province to remain healthy. And that's understandable. I'm interested to see what that is. And, you know, as you heard, that that was her answer to a number of questions about that. But the marketing to kids is bad. The marketing to kids has always been bad. And it was something that that was, you know, was not, not – it's. You see, I look at this and I think this is something that just came in. And you just – you kind of watch it. It's like a weed in your lawn. So you have a weed on your lawn, maybe a, a little patch of clover. And clover is not really a weed, so maybe that's a bad example. Uh, let's, let's call it that creeping Charlie stuff. So you have a little bit of creeping Charlie. And you look over at it and you think, ah, it's just at the corner. Everybody has creeping Charlie on the corner of their lawn, so it's not that big a deal. And then you go back and you think, well, you know, there's a little bit more, but, uh, you know, we, you're not going to have that pristine lawn anymore. That's, that's not what this is. So I'll just leave it. And then you realize I should have really addressed that a long, long time ago. We have spent some time today talking about vaping. We have spent some time talking about smoking. Lung ailments. This was a major topic of a news conference that has just wrapped up. And joining us is the Medical Officer of Health and CEO for the Middlesex London Health Unit, Dr. Chris Mackey. Dr. Mackey, thanks so much for taking some time for us. It's a pleasure. Thanks for covering this. Well, it's something that certainly has resonated with everybody who has called, emailed today, gotten in touch with us on Twitter. It's certainly something that is a a concern. Can you take us back to why this news conference was held? So uh, we were informed about a case of severe pulmonary illness, so uh, a pneumonia-like situation. Uh, but when it was investigated in this uh, young person, high school-aged youth, there was no pneumonia. There was no cause identified other than potentially uh, with vaping e-cigarettes. Uh, this would be the first case of its kind in Canada where this sort of severe lung illness has been linked with vaping. So 
they they appear to have pneumonia, which anybody who has had pneumonia knows you feel that you you feel how difficult it is to breathe. You have so much stuff in your lungs; it becomes a real challenge sometimes to breathe. So they're exhibiting symptoms like that, but then there's no pneumonia. That's that's right. And in this individual case, it was actually even uh, worse than that. It was an individual who had to be on life support uh, in in hospital in order to survive the illness that they faced. As a medical community, when something like that comes up, what is the reaction? Well, I think, uh, you know, doctors were appropriately concerned about seeing such a severe illness in an otherwise healthy, young, high school-aged person. Uh, And so they went above and beyond to try and diagnose what might be going on uh, and even went to the Canadian Consumer Reporting System to report this illness up to the federal authorities. Immediately, you're going to have parents, grandparents, anybody who knows that their teenager, high school age student is vaping. You're going to have them saying, "Okay, well, wait a minute. Well, what about this? Did they did they vape every hour of the day? Were they using a certain type of vape? Do do we know anything like that? I mean, it was an individual that used vaping regularly. It wasn't sort of an occasional use. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the data is really emerging on vaping. What we do know is that vaping uh, does cause similar sort of inflammation in the body that smoking does uh, to a lesser degree, but on the same spectrum. Uh, so we know that vaping does damage lungs. Uh, and we're now starting to see that in some situations it can damage lungs very severely. We're talking with the Medical Officer of Health, CEO of the Middlesex London Health Unit, Dr. Chris Mackey. When we're talking about the lungs, and if you look at smoking, when you stop smoking, your lungs will do miraculous things. They'll start to clear themselves out where you have that picture of a smoker's lung, and then if you quit and you're smoke-free for long enough, your lungs start to look a whole lot better. Do we know anything about vaping right now in terms of whether an issue like this is something that is reversible over time? Uh, very difficult to say at this point. Again, we're very early in the science around vaping, and uh, you know there are thousands of different chemicals that are used in different vaping products, and uh, many of them have not been tested for health impacts. So they could be something that causes cancer, uh, that causes other lung diseases like emphysema that you see with smoking. Uh, we just don't have the science at this point. Man, so I mean, we're dealing with so many things where, yeah, you don't know what's What's in the package? You don't know what is what is in there. In terms of what you've seen from the province and their reaction, are are you happy with what you've seen and the fact that they are ready to collect more data and look at this more closely? That's exactly what needs to happen at this point. Uh, we were very happy to see that announcement come out this morning that the provincial cover- government is putting a reporting system in place. That'll that'll be. Uh, what allows us to gather more systematic data and have really clear answers to some of these questions. And how key is it to do that? Because there will be people who say, ah, this is an overreaction. This could be an isolated case. Look at all the people vaping. Look at for how long they've been vaping. Look at the United States. They have an even greater population, and they don't have that many cases. Is is that a, a key medically and statistically to, to kind of treat it that way? You know, uh, it's it's the sort of thing where we really want to use a precautionary principle. You know, the lung is a, a really critical ish, uh, uh, organ in the human body, and, and so we really have to be careful what we put in those lungs. And we know over time, uh, you know, many years ago it was coal burning in our homes to keep the homes warm, and we learned that coal smoke 
was causing severe lung diseases and coal got banned. Then it was tobacco where we had, you know, in the in the 50s and 60s, maybe 40% of our population smoking regularly. Uh, sure enough, that caused uh, lung cancer, among all sorts of other problems. Uh, we're now seeing people put uh, a new substance uh, with with no evidence of safety, and uh, we're starting to uncover the health concerns uh, that uh, you might expect when you put such a substance in a crucial organ of your body. You mentioned the number of different substances as well. Do we have any idea? You know, most of us will think vape is vape or whatever's coming out of a jewel is whatever is coming out of a jewel. It doesn't sound like that's the case. Well, that's that, it's not clear. Uh, you know, you're, you are smoking. You can call it vaping, but you are basically smoking. Uh, and so there is going to be some kind of lung impact to any time you're using a vape. That said... Uh, it may be that we also have more severe effects from certain products, and, and that's one of those things that we really need to investigate more. What is next in this from the Middlesex London Health Unit point of view? Well, we have two roles. Uh, we will be continuing to investigate any cases that come up in our community, but we're also involved in enforcement of existing legislation. Fortunately, Ontario does have a legal framework that bans uh, any sale or provision of vaping products to those under the age of 19, uh, which this individual was. So uh, we we will continue on our enforcement role as well. And with that, I mean, let's face it, this, this person should not have been able to purchase it. Somehow they still had it. And you can walk around to any high school anywhere in any area and you can see vape quite prevalent, that big cloud that's out there. Is there anything that can be done to walk onto high school property and say, okay, you, you, and you, uh, here's a nice citation, or are we not really in that position? Well, that is the authority that we have, but what you do, what you end up doing, and we, we are doing that uh, when, uh, when public health is able to identify those issues, uh, but what you do is you take vulnerable, uh, you know, vulnerable students uh, who may not have a lot of money to throw around, and you put a significant fine on them that they or their parents have to manage, you know, these are students that are addicted to nicotine. You know, we've had some high schools that have had to take the doors off their washrooms because so many students are constantly going in and out of the washrooms because they are addicted to nicotine. And so now we're punishing somebody who is addicted, and it makes me worry that maybe that student's next choice is not to come to school anymore. Dr. Mackey, I love that thought. I love that you, you said it that way. Thank you so much for the time today. Pleasure. That is Dr. Chris Mackey. I love that. I love the way he put that because immediately you'd say, okay, well, how do we crack down on this? We have to crack down on these students. Let's walk around and hand out tickets to these students. And as Dr. Mackey put it, and this was kind of where we went with our conversation at the beginning of the show, the idea that it's easy for me, a non-smoker, to say, just quit smoking. Just stop doing that. Why are you doing that? And I got to thank Eugene Grandmont for the first email that came in that said, whoa, 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 whoa. Actually, I have to thank Rose first. Rose said, get off your high horse. Rose always keeps me in check. Thank you, Rose. But Eugene said, where, where do you draw that line? Do you say the same thing to people who are addicted to cocaine? Do you say the same thing to people who are addicted to opioids? And he's exactly right and I'm exactly wrong. I was sitting on a high horse, and it isn't that easy. So, no, you don't walk onto school property and say, here's a $1,000 fine for you for being 15 years old and using that jewel. Here's a $1,000 fine for you. You can take that home to your parents. 
What if we do have vulnerable families that can't pay that? And the choice is pay this fine or eat. Pay this fine or pay rent. Because that's what you would be doing. And as Dr. Mackey pointed out, it is the addiction to nicotine. And that's what should have knocked me off my high horse to begin with. So thank you, everybody who did that. Because it's the addiction to nicotine that is the issue here. And that's something that the kids are craving. And if they have it in their pocket, they're going to find a place to use it. And yeah, you know what? Dr. Mackey painted the right picture, as he always does. But he painted the right picture in saying that doors are taken off washrooms in schools. Think of how heavy some of those doors are. They remove the doors so that kids can't go in there and hide and vape. They do it anyway, really. You know, talk to any single kid. You know what they face in high school and walking into a washroom? You might have to pee, but you walk into the washroom and you are inhaling a whole bunch of exhaled vape because that's where they're doing it. Or you go out into the so-called smoking section, and that's where they're doing it. And now we do have a severe pulmonary illness. The person had to basically be put on life support. We don't know much more about their condition right now. But the person had to be put on life support. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that. That's, that's, a, that's a game of Russian roulette right there. You've been listening to the London Live Podcast. Catch the show live on weekdays from 1 to 3 